Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Buffalo Bills, maybe next year, the podcast that may have felt it was too anchored down. And so we've decided to enjoy return to old glory via a great technology called the Google Hangout to deliver this to you live and without people constantly dropping off. And we'll discuss some football. I'm Paul. I'm Scott. Uh, and I'm Frank, and it's, I'm happy to hang out with you, too. So. All right. All right. Good. We've got like two or three puns already in here and we're not even 40 seconds in. So that was, uh, excellently done. So yeah, we, uh, for those of you, you know, and, and, you know, Frank should technically formally make the announcement because he's the one who discovered what we initially thought was a great technology. It worked really well, uh, one time when we were all on, but unfortunately our use with the anchor app has ended somewhat tragically, it seems. So we are back to the old school. Well, like nobody died. It's just, <laughs> well, it's just not that very... we know of. I mean, there could be right. like, a hamsters in a wheel running to keep the anchor app going whenever we drop it's one of the hamsters that's died. right that's fair but i mean i guess fair is a little strong but um <laughs> yeah it just you know no disrespect if other people like it and use it um i really wanted it to be better but it was incredibly unstable and i could never get it to work the way it was supposed to and you've just described most people's marriages Oh, ooh, geez. All right. Oh, I, I hope everything's okay, Paul. No, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> we're all fine. Um, all fine. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna move along because we're very late getting started. Yes. Yeah, so, but, um, yeah. So we're on Hangouts tonight. Uh, we'll post this link to um, you all, and then uh, as I look for new and different solutions, I'll I'll keep everyone posted. All right. Sounds good. And so we'll jump right into it, and we'll move as quickly as possible through the initial segments since we've already done this once. The Bills, it's been relatively quiet this training camp, but of course the thing everyone wants to talk about off the bat is the quarterback battle. It would seem that Josh Allen right now is entrenched at number three. They're going to be patient with him and that there's a battle for McCarron and Peterman perhaps for number one. Now, starting with you, Frank, would you agree with this assessment? What's your take on what you've seen and read so far with the training camp quarterback battle? Yes, I would agree. Um, and as we've already done this segment, I'll try and summarize it. Um, but uh, my, my, my thoughts were, first of all, he, they do seem to be keeping um, Allen in at the third spot, and he's going to have to earn his way into the top two. Um, the the Peterman-McCarron uh, is a toss-up to me. Uh, as, I, as I had said to you guys before, it won't be as funny this time, uh, largely because they're both human bodies that are under contract. Uh, I don't know that there's a discernible thing that they – like better about one than the other, or if anybody's got some sort of inside track, but I wouldn't really think that anybody's super thrilled about either guy. Uh, they just, um, they're there. Uh, but you know, Alan's not ready yet. I, he's doing some good things. He's certainly making some throws and has some, uh, you know, acumen, uh, which is hard to reconcile with the people who are sort of really planting their flag in the Josh Allen will be uh, the worst quarterback ever. Um, you know, I really am a, an advanced statistics type of person, but I think people have really sort of like, they've really bet the over uh, on this one um, with his, uh, his, um, his measurables. And, and, and here I am watching him in camp and he certainly, they, they make it sound like he can't throw a football at all. And he certainly can. And he certainly has some skills. Um, so I was ready to be excited about him and hear that everybody's raining on my parade uh, in the national media. Uh, the good news is um, we'll wait and see because all of this will be sorted out eventually, which I think 
Scott will now speak to. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Uh, Paul had had noted that it, you know, that with with training camp the way it is, uh, it's it's a bit it's a bit uh, obviously everyone's focused on the quarterback drill, but at the same time, it's kind of much ado about nothing because you know whether it's McCarron or Peterman, it's kind of like you know who is the last Pony Express writer who you know brings a letter out west before the telegraph shows up, like. Um, you know, there's no, I'm not saying that Allen is going to be head and shoulders better than any of those other guys. It's just, it's going to be his job eventually. Now, one of those guys, you know, if, you know, there's a big part of the bell curve that says Josh Allen's going to get at least 18, 24 starts, um, you know, 32 starts before uh, someone does something different with that position. Is it possible that, you know, Peterman and McCarron could somehow turn into Joe Montana? Yes. Uh, that's that's not a good bet that anyone really should probably take. Um, so I, I think, you know, yeah, it seems like, you know, McCarron is taking a lot of sacks, it seems like some people have noted in camp. Uh, Peterman seems like he's been a little more willing to, like, throw the ball down the field sometimes, um, which obviously people like. Um, at the same time, he's, he's pr- and he's probably got a little more experience in the offense, but at the same time, we did change offensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. But again, none of these things really matter all that much. Who's the starting on opening day? doesn't really matter that much. Um, Josh Allen performing well is the most important thing. So if he is, if he is okay, um, if he is regardless of what, whatever they're doing, um, as long as it's moving him to being a good quarterback for this team at some point, then all systems go. It's just, it's impossible to tell any of those things right now. Yep. And I think it's gone as expected, you know, at least the it's the, we were sold this bill of goods and it's the bill that is being no pun intended. It's the bill that we're experiencing. They've said Josh Allen had a, a high upside, but would need time to develop. We're seeing those highlight deep bomb throws. We're seeing some pinpoint accuracy over the middle. And then we're seeing him overthrowing screen passes and not saying his feet properly and everything they told us about. And he's probably going to be in that number three slot start because he still needs to develop those skills. And as Scott said, totally fine with us. This is not the most optimistic Bills fan does not see this as the Super Bowl championship season. So let the team, let him develop, let the team go with the the best quarterbacks that can help them win this year, but making sure they're developing Allen because he will be the long-term solution. And then the battle at the top, yeah, between Peterman and McCarron. Boy, this sounds so weird to be throwing around those names as the battle at the top. But that is the situation the Bills find themselves in. We've both seen, you know, what we believe their strengths to be. Although maybe I shouldn't jump to that conclusion with Peterman because we didn't really know he had strengths. But apparently he does, and we've seen some of them on, on the deep ball during camp. He hasn't been as consistent, which is why I believe McCarron is the only member of the bunch that started with the one team, two straight practices. Otherwise, they've been rotating. But it's still very much an open battle, and I'm interested in seeing how the preseason plays out, starting with tomorrow's game, and then you know being able to make more of an educated decision once we have more film on that. But one area we know where the Bills are extremely dissatisfied with their depth is wide receiver by virtue of the fact that they made a trade with the Cleveland Browns for quarter or for wide receiver Corey Coleman, who is a first round pick in 2016. The Bills only had to surrender a 33rd round pick in 2084. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I misread my notes. That's a seventh I, round pick in 2020. There's, had, there's a bag of hammers there, too, right? Right. I think there's a bag of hammers. They also gave him the uh, the bag of balls, not a proverbial bag of balls, but literally they gave the Browns a bag of balls they need for practice. So I think that was the full 
throttle this exchange. So mm -hmm. what I'm interested in on this, and we'll start with Scott this time, since we started with Frank last time, is this is going to affect the wide receiver depth chart battle. We have Benjamin and Curley right now seem to be the top two, kind of scary. Then Holmes, Streeter, Dupree, Riley, Prohl, McLeod, throw them in any order you want. They clearly think Corey Coleman can contribute. So my question would be, do you expect him to come in and immediately contribute, maybe catch 30 to 50 passes this year? Or is he going to be in a fight to make the roster and end up uh, in a, you know, buried? Uh, I, I think it's definitely more of a, you know, you know, uh, fourth or fifth kind of Marquise Goodwin level player is yeah. kind of what we're looking for here. I don't think, um, I mean, yeah, it'd be great if we got more out of him than that. Uh, he did win the Blitnikoff while he was at Baylor, but he is, um, you know, I was just reading an article uh, from one of the Cleveland papers today, and I, I don't have Hard Knocks or HBO or anything, but apparently there was like a review that they did of it, and it was like Todd Haley yelling at Corey Coleman for not hustling on plays and giving up on stuff, and and you know, yeah, he'll catch some balls, but then you know he'll kind of give up on on some comebacks and things that that you know lets other guys get in there, and obviously that's not doesn't matter how talented you are to a certain extent if you. Um, if you're not going a hundred percent, you're probably not going to last long on a Sean McDermott coach team. Um, you know, credit to bean for, you know, getting him in for again, basically nothing. Uh, certainly just based off of speed alone, he's got some potential. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, to me, you know, I think the, if you look at the depth chart overall, obviously Benjamin won, um, there's questions about exactly what Zay Junes is going to do for this team right now, uh, at least the first couple weeks of the season, at minimum, given how little time he's had in camp, uh, given the lack of conditioning time he's had in the offseason because of his injury, um, not to mention everything else going on. So, you know, yeah, maybe he's supposed to be the number two, but obviously then, so Curly is kind of in there at slot receiver slash number two. Um, and then after that, you know, yeah, Coleman could probably get in there, but it's not, you know again, based off of the fact that he was available for this price, uh, I can't imagine that he's going to be blowing away Brandon Riley or Malachi Dupree or, um, you know, Rod Streeter or some of the other guys we have on this team. Again, he's got a bit more of a pedigree, which means you maybe let him, you know, if you see, if you see that he is fully motivated and wants to get better, maybe you let him hang around a little bit longer, but that's about it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, the thing that I, I, that, that bugs me about this trade, um, is that how many times has McDermott and Bean talked about um, availability being the bet, the most important ability? Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing that was like they want to draft like good quality guys, and I, I know that's a lot of coaches to a lot of extent, but they sort of really make a, play, a thing about like you know they don't want troublemakers and they want people who can be here. And here's this guy who's literally his career so far is injured, and. <laughs> And the other, the other thing is that he's definitely had some off the field issues. Um, so in a lot of ways, it's the exact opposite of what you would think a McDermott and Bean player would be. Now, obviously, I guess maybe the, what I take away from that is, is everything has its price. And if you can get a quote unquote first round talent for a seventh round pick, then you compromise a little on your idea of what exactly it is. And maybe you talk yourself into saying, well, he probably just needs to be in a better place. And certainly uh, there's an argument that if they feel like they've got a better locker room, maybe they can take in a person who would be 
uh, certainly on the outside looking in coming into camp uh, and, and, and sort of see if they can push him to fit with the Bills as opposed to expect him to be a, a leader uh, or a, a, a tone setter. But I, I did find that a little uh, interesting. I don't want to quite call it disingenuous or anything, but, you know, here we are spending, you know, a whole year and a half talking about getting the right guys in here. Um, you know, we sent Sammy Watkins uh, away uh, and, and now we're getting, you know, basically like meaner Sammy Watkins who doesn't <laughs> play as much. Um, you know, so I, I, in some ways, uh, the, I think that he's, I'm with Scott. He's looking to try and fit in at three, four and five. Um, I think the top two spots are, are going to be there. Zay Jones is a weird case. He's not going to play today either. And I mean, his, his press conference was certainly very good. I, I, I feel like I, I, what I took away from it was a person who really did sort of have a a holy cow moment uh this summer and um seems to be you know genuine in his his appreciation for it and appreciation for where he is but he's he's also way behind um and if this was a remotely talented wide receiver core he might already be gone um but it's not it's literally kelvin benjamin who's pretty good and everybody else uh so you know the new guy, I feel like he's got a legitimate shot to, to be, uh, you know, in that third, fourth, or fifth spot um, on the team, largely based more on the lack of, excuse me, the lack of talent rather than anything particular he he uh, he has to offer. Yep. It's not a thrilling discussion talking about the Bills wide receiver depth. So any sort of yawning totally. I apologize. No, I mean, that was, it's tough to, it's tough to discuss. Mm. Like we're in Greg Salas territory, basically, if you remember Greg Salas and his one highlight with the Bills. But yeah, it's, I think he has a chance exactly because of that reason, because of the lack of depth. I don't worry as much about the potential character issues at this point, because They've also shown the ability to want to give those players a chance. They did okay. it with Marcel Darius, and when it still wasn't happening, they jettisoned him. And so, and so, what I'm trying, and they mentioned, you know, when Poyer and Hyde came to the team, I guess they had some baggage as well, but they've ended up being, you know, uh, stand up guys in Buffalo. So, you know, hopefully they get over that hump, but, you know, you yeah. could be exactly right. And maybe they end up being. I'm not, just to clarify, I'm not worried. I'm not personally worried about. It. I just, they make such a big deal about it that it seems like kind of, and, and like the same with just Darius, like they gave Darius a chance largely because his contract commanded they do. They, they, they really right. didn't Good at point. the beginning get rid of him. Um, and when they did get rid of him, they had to basically like just give him away. Um, and so I think that, you know, the price here is what, puts them in a simpler similar position of i don't want to call it compromise but like they give a lot of lip service to it and i just i think it's interesting to note that when the price is right or the or the um or the price is way wrong they they tend to sort of stick with players that they would prefer you know that they outwardly would say they wouldn't right yep no that's a fair point so yeah, I'm. Uh, I think he'll probably slot into that three-four to three-five spot as well. Three-four five receiver. I think he'll get some reps. I think the Browns' receiving core is stronger than the Bills. In fact, I think it's difficult to make an argument otherwise. 
and he just wasn't going to fit in there. He's got some catching up to do. I didn't even mention Zay Jones when I talked about the depth because we haven't seen him yet, save, you know, right, he's been running with a red jersey on. So we'll see how that goes. But because of the lack of depth, he's got a chance to to crack the roster. I don't think he's going to be a superstar. I don't think we'll look back at this as being a highway robbery type of trade. But if it ends up being like when they, you know, pick Sean Merriman off the scrap heap years ago, yeah, you'll get a decent, you know, half season out of him. And then he'll come back and play another okay season. And then that's it. Then, you know what, you've given up. Uh, that's more than you usually get out of a seventh round pick, which is what they gave up for it. So totally good with that. And that leads into maybe some more exciting positional battles. I'd highlighted four as you guys saw on the agenda. You can feel free to go into you know, whichever ones you wish. We'll start with Frank since we Scott, uh, started with Scott last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had offensive lines, specifically the interior line. They seem uh, set with Miller and Dawkins to tackle and really to cost you left guard. So it's Miller, mm-hmm. Bodine, and Groy for two spots. Uh, the edge rushers, uh, you know, between Hughes, Murphy, Shaq, Yarborough, OD, blah, 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 was cut. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, maybe the nickelbacks too, Teron Johnson, Philip Gaines, let us know, you know, what, are, what you're thinking, Frank is where some of the battles for some of those first string roles might end up, uh, coming down to. Yeah. I think ever since, you know, Eric Wood's untimely retirement, it's been about center for me. Um, the talent it's weird The their offensive line is set largely because it's so terrible. Um, and so like the, the guys they have are the guys they have and, they're they're not really gonna get better probably if they do it's not apparent yet um bodine and groy though is a big is a big battle and i think we'll get some clarity on that in these first two weeks who's lining up with the first team who's lining up with the second team um or if they keep a specific center with a specific quarterback i think is another thing to look for um because i think you'll want to see that if you know let's say they think Peterman has the lead, they might want him working with Groy if they think Groy is going to be the center. And so even if Peterman gets the second reps, he's working with Groy one week and he's working with Groy the next week, regardless of when he's um, uh, in the game. Um, You're right. I think, I think uh, nickel is probably uh, another spot. Um, I mean, I don't really think that there are, a lot. Of, I mean, Trent Murphy, Shaq Lawson is going to be fun. I think personally, I think Shaq Lawson is on like his, and we've talked about it before. He's on his, his last chance with this team. Um, but he can certainly be a, a, an impact player. Uh, I don't know that he can take a spot from Trent Murphy, but I think he can certainly play himself into that, you know, fourth, uh, you know, fourth or fifth lineman on a, on a blitz kind of position or, or rotating. He can certainly solidify his position. Um, Harrison Phillips is uh, second behind star right now on the unofficial Bills depth chart, which is on the website. But, I mean, there's no reason to think that he couldn't, um, if Kyle starts to take, you know, a dive, he could probably play left defensive tackle. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. Um, other than that, I, I don't know how many position battles I'm, I'm particularly watching right now. I guess the other one that I read about, which I hadn't been thinking about, would be third running back. Right. Um, like Traveris cadet, like had some really nice moments and I'd like him to be the second quarterback, honestly, instead of Chris Ivory. Uh, <laughs> but you know, um, or even the second running back. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he's well, how bad, how quarterback, bad that might be second quarterback, right? I mean, he, he might not be that bad at second <laughs> quarterback, but yes, second running back. 
Um, but you know, can he solidify his his position on this team? And then you're gonna like these guys, like for, if we're talking about third round people, they're all gonna, you know, who's returning punts, who's returning kicks, um, and how uh, how long can they they last? Um, how, how many? How versatile can they be? How multiple, if you will, um, to to the team? Um, but that's kind of where that's what I'll be I'll be watching for. I think. All right, Scott, your thoughts on some of the Frank, uh, depth Frank, chart bets. Frank literally got them all, so there's not really much more for me to say. Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, I think the only one I'll add is it'd be interesting just to see what happens a bit with the tight ends. Obviously, uh, mm -hmm. Clay's been dinged, I think, and, and O'Leary, I feel like, has been dinged a little bit too. So, uh, you know, just, I guess, Logan Thomas kind of hanging around there. You know, again, more of a, more of a catcher, but I guess Lee is around too for a little while there. Um, so, you know, that, that's someone to look at too. Um, but yeah, I mean, most, uh, as Frank pointed out, yeah, I mean, you know, the other side from Jerry Hughes, uh, that's a little interesting. Um, you know, Paul, you know, uh, Frank already talked about them all. And the only other one, maybe look at the linebackers, maybe I guess Julian Stanford kind of coming up a little bit, uh, Tanner Vallejo kind of dropping out. Um, you know, Dion Lacey kind of moving up to be behind Lorenzo Alexander. That that's a little interesting, just because over the long term, you know, you know, Lorenzo probably doesn't have another year on this. You know, not more than one more year on this team. Um, so you kind of start looking for some talent and who's going to step up there. But obviously, there's there's still plenty of time to figure that out too. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all of them. Yep. I would, uh, yeah, I don't really want to spend much more time on that because I think it's covered. The only thing I'll add is on the offensive line battle. I think I'm secretly hoping it's going to be Groy and then Miller at the other spot because if it's Groy, then I'll feel like, okay, it justifies the opinion we had of him as a good center when he stepped in for Eric Woods years ago and that he's beaten out someone at Bodine. <laughs> a frowned upon center based on no Bengals fans I saw were exactly you know, aggravated that he was now, uh, he'd been gotten rid of. So that I'm kind of hoping plays out that way, but may the best man win. And then I was going to mention linebacker as well. You know, Edmonds, Milano, Alexander, you think Edmonds is pretty well set in stone. Milano and Alexander, they're definitely the front runners, but for various reasons, including what Scott mentions of Alexander, maybe only having one more year, uh, that's probably going to be uh, an interesting battle. You know, Humber reemerges if Lacey steps up and so forth. So, Speaking of, uh, you know, training camp, I am going to knock, and I encourage all of you to knock on wood right now, we have not seen any significant injuries so far throughout training camp. We've got, uh, you know, Zay Jones is now back in action after missing uh, the beginning of camp as a precaution. Trent Murphy's missed a little time with a hamstring. Uh, John Miller missed a little time as well, but everyone is is back and in, in practicing, it seems. So probably no reason to go into more depth there. Uh other minor news I wanted to mention before we get to the most important stuff, which is, you know, a uh, wacky schedule. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Fred Jackson is, uh, is rejoined the bills on their TV. Yeah. Time, so, yeah. <laughs> you, you want a third running back? We got a good one for you. He, now he's, uh, yeah. So he'll be doing the, the preseason games. He'll be part of the analysis team as well. It's going to be like on like the local, um, yep. That is okay. what I'm looking up because I think I'm wondering if he's also going to do some radio coverage because that is for those of us who live outside the Buffalo area, you know, we really like the, the radio coverage. So I was trying to look at the article, which I've now lost. 
on uh, Fred Jackson rejoining the or joining the Bills as a uh, commentator. We'll definitely be involved in the preseason telecast, which I rerun on NFL Network, so we should be able to catch him then. And uh, yeah, hopefully he's come to the radio soon near you. Uh, and otherwise, uh, for those of you in the Buffalo area, you'll get a nice healthy dose of him. But enough with this, uh, you know, the the minor stuff. Uh, it is time to go into wacky schedule. And I've uh, Scott, just to warn you, because uh, spoiler alert for those of you, Scott shared this one with us in advance. I will mm-hmm. have some some questions on uh, on on each of these. But I, I know. Yeah, we'll, we'll. I mean, yeah. I just want to tease a little bit so you guys can start collecting your thoughts. I don't want to. I don't want to have you guys, you know, get the whole the whole thing. So, and I will try and do this a little quicker. Uh, just because we we want to keep this nice and tight tonight, so let's just jump right in. First game, home game versus the Bears. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched any of the Hall of Fame preseason game the other day, uh, but uh, the helmet rule starting to starting to bite a little bit now. There's mm-hmm. questions about whether or not mm-hmm. it's gonna. They're overemphasizing in the preseason a little bit to get people to 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 lay off for the regular season, but at some point they're gonna start calling those a little tighter. Didn't look like they were calling them up. You know, there were some rumors that they were going to be calling them about offensive line and defensive line play. Mm-hmm. Um, I they weren't doing that yet, but I think we can all see a future not too far off in which the NFL uh, decides maybe we don't maybe we don't tackle and maybe we don't even play with offensive lines or defensive lines because guys could get hurt. I'm not going to say that's definitely going to happen. Um, but I am definitely going to say it's going to happen in game nine of the bill schedule this oh, year. Okay. So that's definitely going to happen game nine this year. Bills bears. Uh, the game will be played seven on seven uh, with two hand touch rules. So perfect. So anyone tackling anyone will be essentially uh, ejected from the game. So uh, it's going to be a different game. I'm not sure I wouldn't watch, but uh, it certainly isn't quite what we all signed on for. Uh, for NFL football, but maybe we'll all get there together. We'll find out. That's a discussion for another day. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Frank for his thoughts on on this game. So there is a professional flag football league that sure. also like features ex NFL players, um, and I I know we don't watch it, but someone's watching it, and maybe it's a matter of just time yeah. before it 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 catches on. Um, yeah, it's going to be. I I'm, I'll be interested to have that bigger conversation because I think that it's, it's one the NFL is having a lot right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think that this is obviously going to be a, now you might think, Oh, okay. Well, the bills are terrible. So w- what would change? Why would they be, what, why would they benefit from playing a team without, you know, pads really because it's seven on seven, two in Dutch. And the, the two word answer is LaShawn McCoy. Um, mm-hmm. If there are less people on the field, okay, then he gets to run like a crazy man. And it, it almost doesn't matter that the other guys are fast. He is just very elusive and fast. And I think that he, it's weird to in touch. It's actually easier to run the ball than throw it a lot of times. That might be based on the fact that, like, we're usually terrible when we're playing it, but if you have a good running back and somebody who can and, and create space, I think McCoy really gets to shine. Um, in fact, I think McCoy breaks the single game rushing and receiving record. Ooh. I think he gets like a 350 yard rushing day because he only has to elude a handful of people. Um, the Bears will also score lots of points because it's seven, it's seven on seven, two on touch. Um, but I think that the, the Bills would win that game. 
Um, probably in it's high scoring because it's seven on seven. I'm going to say 45 to 39 and, and, and look for LaShawn McCoy, 350 yards rushing on, I don't know, 11 carries and, um, you know, probably another 150 in receiving. All right. That's uh, and this kind of, uh, the one question, which is what was our personnel on this, but I can guess we're going to have one quarterback and six skill or uh, six skill players. We're going to have one, three skill and three linemen here. Oh, I just, I just was assuming we could pick whoever we want. I think, oh, I think, okay. I think you're going to, I think you're going to get one center to snap. Okay. And then you're going to get five skill position players and a quarterback. Got yeah. It. All right. Now that's, I agree with it, you know, and Frank and, and, and defensive, any defensive players, they can blitz, but you got to count five Mississippi. Right. Say it's a hard five Mississippi. I don't want to hear anyone. No, Mississippi. You have to say the whole thing. Yep. See, that's there. why, and just, I guess, before Paul starts, that's why I'm not putting, well, not the Mississippi part, but that's why, you know, Kyle Williams is not on my seven on seven squad. I want the fastest guys there. I want, as soon as someone says five Mississippi, they're off. We're not, we don't have to block anybody. We don't really have to like stuff the run. You know, we need fast guys. So, Got you it. know, even Starla Tule, I'm probably going, uh, you know, six linebackers and a safety or something. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's a, yeah, I didn't even thought about the defensive aspects. We're going to have Trey Edmonds out there, I'm sure, in the linebacker level. Yeah. I think you're going to want a Poyer and a Hyde and a Trey yeah. White. You're going to need those three out there for sure. Then I think the other three. But Shaq Lawson could totally clean up in a system like this, yeah. right? Like this is, this is his deal. So, you know, anyway. Okay. Yeah. So we'll say it's interesting. The personnel that would be used. I still think the bears just, I think the bills have such a lack of depth at the receiver spot. I think they're going to probably sextuple team McCoy a lot of the time <laughs> and then just leave one guy to cover the other four and uh, no one rushing the quarterback. And I think that probably will work. So I, I just fear, I think it's going to be a high scoring game as well. I think the bears, however, going to come on top just because Buffalo's McCoy is going to be winded by the time they get to, you know, 30 points. So I'm going to say, uh, let's say bears win this again, high scoring 49 to I'll say 37. I'll say there's a freak bad snap and a safety that the bills get in the, nice. in the course of this. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that sucks when you, when you lose on a safety and seven. Yeah. seven. That's, that's, a, that's a rough that day. Is, uh, <laughs> but that, that's a bills thing right there. Bills. It's not also like the, I'm stretching reality to come up with that one. That is, is very much the, a bills thing. Is it also the seven on seven rules where there, if there's a turnover or a fumble, the ball's automatically dead. And because you yeah. know, like, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't. Okay, so you get the pick, but you can't run it back, or somebody drops the ball and you don't have to recover it. It's just dead. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's not rugby rules. You're not going the other way right away, but yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So, yeah, this is a tough one because, yeah, I mean, the Bills obviously have, have a plus with LaShawn McCoy, but then they have a minus with a bunch of other guys who really are not going to be good in the open field. Like Kelvin Benjamin, he's tough to bring down. But in a two-hand touch game, you don't have to worry about that. He's just right. He's just tall. That just doesn't more mean, guy to touch. Yeah, yeah he's tall. It's going to help you catching. You know the D, You know the, the the DBs are still going to have to play him tight. But you just got to get your hands on him once he catches it. So whereas on the bear side, just doing some quick research here, they don't have any. Um, I'm not seeing a lot of football players. I see Allen Robinson, <laughs> um, and I see Taylor Gabriel, who I believe is an NFL football player. But other than that, I don't know any of these guys. Now, admittedly, that's what I would say about all the other Bills receivers, other than Kelvin Chicago. Yes. <laughs> uh, they are all currently signed to the Bears and are humans, at least we're, we're told. Um, 
But yeah, I guess Trubisky might be a little bit better, but I, I'm not going to say by a lot. And, and so I will say the Bills, I'm going to say the Bills uh, plus of LaShawn does, does end up beating out. I think this is even a bigger, uh, more high scoring than Frank puts it out there. I'm going to say like 62 to 49. Yeah. Like in, in the future, all the games will be, you know, will be in the 50s. So, uh, yeah. Can, speaking of, can we briefly remark on the Washington Valor's stunning victory in the Arena <laughs> Football League? Um, they were they're what two and ten season. They or were like two that? and ten in a four league team, and they three won the playoffs league, and yeah. won won the Arena Bowl against the Baltimore Brigade. Both teams owned by Ted Leonsis, oh so it's kind of Title Town DC, and they of course <laughs> have the big high scores. Um, truly a feat. That it's amazing that the Arena Football League has four teams right now. Um, but the high scores remind me of that. Can I, all right? I'm ready for the next. That's true. All right. Uh, the parade is on. Never. Um, yeah. Okay. So no, they, they had a. They, I, this is true. They had a meetup at the Green Turtle at yes. at the Verizon Center. Good. That was the party for the the Good. football. So yeah, I and if, if 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 Frank showed up there and said he was on the team, Nobody no would one know. would say no. Yeah, no one would know the difference. Exactly. Anyway, uh, game ten is at. The New York Jets. Given we will be at the New York Jets, mm -hmm. uh, the NFL decided to essentially, again, they're concerned about injuries. The seven on seven thing, you know, that's a lot of points scored, but they don't necessarily, there's still people, too many people getting injured. So what they decided to do is they took it to another level. Again, they're in New York, they're playing the Jets, they're saying, how can we, we want some, we want some tie ins, we want to broaden the audience, let's have a full, Sharks versus Jets, West Side Story dance battle, New York Jets versus Buffalo Bills. Both teams have one week to prepare a routine that is to be delivered in dance battle format for a panel of, of neutral judges. Uh, and there you go. This is going to be compelling television. I think so. Well, I would I tune in. I def I'm, I'm not sure if I'm tuning in for 7 on 7. I'm definitely tuning in for this. <laughs> I am. I'm definitely tuning in for the week of watching them rehearse, <laughs> like, like the reality show that is, like them fighting. Oh, absolutely. Who's gonna dance and what's going on? Yeah, exactly. Um, Peterman and McCarran. They're both. They're both trying to to get the snaps down as they're walking right. towards. The everyone's Jets, yelling. They just fumble. Everyone's mad at Josh Allen because his because of his footwork still, and you're like, oh. <laughs> or, or maybe it's the other way. Maybe he's like a great dancer, even though he's a terrible quarterback. Maybe he has like. What is the dance know? equivalent of a quarterback who has a great arm but can't can't throw the ball accurately? Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's got to be like. Gotta you know be, he's got like, like you got really good moves, but like you do. But you're out of rhythm, and you know, or whatever. I think it's like you do stupid jazz hands all the time, and it's like <laughs> you can't do like your pose as well, you know. And That's you're probably like, yeah, your like feet that. are great, but like, like holy cow, he really can crush the tap. But I mean, so it's kind of like the opposite all... of Elaine Bennis, basically. Exactly, exactly. Or maybe he's do he's really good at doing steps, just not the ones that everyone else is doing. Right. All right. I, I think you got to figure the kickers are going to play a big role in this, Could right? Could be. Like they point. probably they probably are already doing tons of footwork. I feel like the DBs are all. I mean, this is going to be a real DB heavy kind of challenge because they, they have you know good good backwards and forwards footwork, good yeah good swivel in the hips as they would say. They used to do a lot of ballet to train football players. I remember when that was a thing. 
Um, I don't remember start- that was. A oh yeah, no, that was a thing. That was like okay. a couple guys were taking ballet and they started playing better, so everybody took ballet for about ten minutes in the nineties. Okay. Um, you had a, that was a hot ten minutes for you, Frank. I don't yeah. even remember that. Well, I do. Yes, I do. Anyway, um, the uh, you know, I think the problem is though, if we're if we're doing West Side Story, you know, when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Uh, obviously, New York uh, City is going to have better access to dancers. Not that there aren't good dancers in a dance troupe and people doing very well in Buffalo, but come on, New York is New York. And they have an entire road dedicated to people singing and dancing and acting. Um, and I think that uh, the co- the Jets will get coached up better um, for this this game. And, you know, West Side Story takes place in New York. I think you got a lot of home field advantages. And I don't think Buffalo can compete. So I think uh, the Jets win uh, a 9.7 out of 10. Buffalo... Yeah. A very nice eight point, no, a, a very nice nine point one out of ten. But really, you know, not gonna, just not doing it for me, dog. All right, now, now, Frank, do you think the there's an unfair advantage for the Jets being able to draw from the New York dance troupe at all? Would you be upset about that? As a, as you a know, I, I don't know because if the answer is no, because it's a one off game, and and Scott later could certainly just sort of say. You know the 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 Bills versus the Jets in a wing eating contest or a you know ice skating contest or a sledding down a hill contest, and I think Buffalo would then you know have the better access to things, and they would they would they would be able to be coached up better. Like at curling, I feel like the Bills are going to be set, but you know New York's New York, and and you, you know Colorado is Colorado, and when you play baseball there, it's easier to hit home runs, and that's all there is to it. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's fair enough. I think if I'm if I'm Sean McDermott, I'm still probably a little upset about. It. I think on Monday I'm I'm racing into uh, the offices of Roger and I'm going, "Gee, Commissioner Goodall, we're very <laughs> upset." <laughs> I think, yes, I think that's that's going to be the reaction to it. Um, the I think real the real answer is Paul wins. <laughs> <laughs> the only question I have clarification is a two parter. Uh, as Jets, are Riff and Tony going to be on the Jets? And if so, can the Bills get Bernardo and Chino? No, no. This will be played Just exclusively. Players. Like, yes. Now, again, if they want to do, obviously the Jets have the option of doing a West Side Story-themed uh, dance routine. That All certainly right. is going to have a lot of resonance with the judges. But I don't. But there's no explicit guidelines that they would have to. All right. Okay. I still there. I'm just going to have to, I think when I decide who's going to win the rumble, I think it's going to have to be the, the jets for uh, all the reasons that, that Frank had brought up previously. I think this is, they were just made for this game. Let's be honest. So I've got to give the, the jets, the advantage on this. I think it's not going to be as close. I think it's going to be 9.8. I'll give them an extra point to the bills, you know, 4.6. I think all of the, Seven on seven the week before. So many of your skill players with the great feet are going to be tired from that week mm-hmm. and worn out from rehearsal and going into rehearsals. So I think that's going to be a big disadvantage. Okay, interesting. So I gave this one to the Bills. All right. Yeah, wow. um, Good. I, I want to like, hear this. Well, I feel like the Bills have, I mean, if you, again, I, I think about who are you going to be your strongest players here? Because again, like the, the linemen, they're going to be in the back of the troop. 
They're going to mm-hmm. be in the back of the theater. You're going to be the trees kind of dancing in the bathroom. And no one's really going to, that's not how you're going to win this performance. Your performance is going to be your best guys. And that's going to be the wide receivers and the DBs. Uh, and maybe the running backs to a certain extent. So for Sean McCoy, I'm going to, I'm going to say he's a tremendous dancer. We have, we can't really speak about his character. That's something we'll discuss about another day. Oh, yeah. Well, he'll be allowed to play in this game. <laughs> to, 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 to do his dance. Well, I'm glad you think this is funny, Scott. <laughs> um, but dancing, I'm not worried about. Um, again, Chris Brown can dance. We all know this. Um, so, otherwise, wide receivers and DBs, I still think we have the advantage. I think, again, you look at some of these wide receivers that the Jets are trotting out here. Uh, Jermaine Curse, uh, okay. Maybe he's got a little something. Robbie Anderson, no. Quincy Anuma, like not a bad player. Clearly, he torched us last season on the football field, but I'm not sure about him on the dance floor. Um, Terrell Plyer, maybe a dark horse there, but I still like, I think I'd still like the Bills. Again, not necessarily the receivers, but the DVs, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White. Those are three, I think, class A dancers. I think they're going to be fine. Um, so. I also am. I'll also say I'm looking forward to a very what promises to be a very exciting duet between Sam Darnold and Josh Allen about the pressure uh-huh. of being a first round draft pick and starting out and trying to you know the, all all the importance on them. I think it has a very powerful. Someone say something. No, I'm sorry. That was Scott Mc, uh, Sean McDermott. Okay. Uh, MC, ha- MC Hammer retweeted the Buffalo Bills, and I'm trying to figure out why. Okay, we need no, to. No, this is good. Let's, we got to get to the Report bottom back. of that. I'm going to say the Bills. I'm going to say this is going to be. Now, let's be clear, though. The scores you guys are given, still not going to be great. <laughs> I think the Bills, Bills are going to win this with like a 5.1. The Jets are going to lose with like a 3.2. Like, it's not going to be lighting the, the thing on fire here. So, anyway, uh, that is our uh, second game. That one took a little longer than, than I thought. So, third game. Um, this one was going to be uh, home versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, uh, the NFL decided to, again, concerned about the injuries, they said, well, maybe we can play football, but maybe it's the times that are wrong. Maybe it's just our common, what's going on in this country right now that's the problem. Maybe if we went back, maybe if we went back to a time when maybe human life was a little less maybe had a different value perhaps maybe i'm maybe i'm taking this too far but they go back to aztec times roughly 1200 ad they put everybody in the time machine and they forced them to play a game of american football in one of the big stadiums that they would play the aztec ball game in and i uh i i thought i put the link in the in the email i did not um, I will put it in the screen at some point if I can find it. But uh, basically, you know, that, you know, they're obviously like not every game ended in human sacrifice, but I'd also say they probably wouldn't rule it out given a bunch of, you know, strange looking white guys and black guys showing up in a bunch of equipment. Um, that's definitely going to be on the table. So I think everyone's going to be pretty highly motivated. Uh, but yes, so that is our time travel special uh, for this season. All right, I think I'll I'll jump in on this one first. I won't spend uh, spend too long. I really tried to analyze deeply the culture of the Aztecs, what their value systems were that would you know make them really want to 
you know, watch this battle and just see how things go and then, you know, who they'd want to see from either side on it. But I think what inevitably is going to happen, you know, early on in this is they're going to introduce the coaches and the coaches will give some grand uh, performance and discussion. And I think they're just going to be so annoyed by Doug Marone speaking is all of us <laughs> They're going to sacrifice him immediately. Oh, huh. not do any sort of competition, like sacrifice him. And then once that happens, Jags don't have a head coach. I think that's definitely going to going to hurt them in this game. I think they're going to be discombobulated. I think the Bills win this run one running away because of that. Uh, 36 to eight. And I say only uh, Shaq Lawson and Logan Thomas are ritually slaughtered. Okay. How does, ooh. Does that affect next week, you think? I mean, I guess it has to, right? Yeah. I mean, we have to again, keep this in continuity now. <laughs> no, I think what we'll do is we'll It's say, like the Halloween movies. Each one is its own continuity at this point. Yeah, it's kind of an anthology of Bill's wacky schedule. It's not it's not serialized. It's a, okay, it's a it's a Bill's Elseworld tale <laughs> where <laughs> it's a what if. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel <laughs> What if? Um uh, I don't know. I, this is hard. So again, just for some people at home who may not know, uh, the Aztec ball court is going to be stone. So that's going to definitely probably affect the game. Yeah. It's probably going to lead to a little more injuries. Might tap. Might test the. Uh, might test the depth of both sides. Okay. <sighs> How do I want to do this one? Um, I think you know. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance. There's a lot of to do with this game. There's a lot of scariness going on. Uh, but I'm good for this at least once a year. And I think you know where I'm going with this now. At the end of the day, it's a football game. It's a football game. It's a football game. And I think that even if they lose Doug Marone, uh, the Jaguars are just better on defense. And they're, they're not quite as terrible as the Bills are probably going to be on offense this year. And I think the the Jags win this football game. Um, what was it? Ten to seven. So I'll say ten to three. Uh, I think that they'll come home with some interesting uh, trinkets, though. Okay. All right. Sorry. I, I this one it, it's it's really it compelling, and I it, it it's not that it didn't speak to me. It's just I could go forever on it, and I feel like we're we. Okay. I don't want to because I <laughs> I just don't want to. I like it. It's just. I, I felt like I, I don't know when else I'm going to use the it's just a it's it's still a football it's game true. if I don't this, use it this, here this week there probably are a few more it, the West Side Story dance battle not a football game anymore right um, <laughs> yeah so you can't say that about that so exactly. I had I had this one going to the Jags as well also uh, for similar reasons that Frank pointed out I mean I think just based off of performance I'm not sure that any quarterbacks make it through the game alive I think that Blake Bortles Josh Allen you know, Nathan Peterman, A.J. McCarron, none of them are really going to really impress the locals. Uh, I'm not sure that they're all going to make it. Um, I think LaShawn McCoy is going to be a big hit. Um, admittedly, Jaguars still have a pretty good defensive line, but I'd imagine over the course of the game they will get weared down. Uh, I think those guys just end up on the ground more. Therefore, them playing on stone, that'll, that'll end up hurting them. Um, and, you know, Leonard Fournette, he's going to be a tough, tough guy to tackle. But again, if you can get him... You know, LaShawn, he's very good at, at not getting hit too hard. You know, Leonard Fournette, he goes down pretty much at the end of every play. Even though he's a little younger, again, I think the stone's going to take it out of him. So I have the, the Bills pulling this one out. Again, low scoring, probably something like, uh, you know, 
seventeen to seven, maybe. So uh, I'd be excited. I'd be excited to watch them play the actual Aztec ball game, though. Yes, it, Ulama, which is 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 still being played today. Yeah. Does does sound interesting. Um, perhaps you know, maybe next um, Mesoamerican. Maybe next Quetzalcoatl. Yeah. That, that, that's really the way I should have gone. It's some sort of Quetzalcoatl 2012 doom prophecy thing, but that would have been. You know, I blew it all on the musical. What can I say? Right. No, that was <laughs> it was fun. Um, so uh, this is our eleventh. Uh, the other one I was going to do this. I I still haven't done it this year. I was well. I sort of did it with the Peterman Chargers thing. I was going to have them because the Jags game is right after the bye. I was going to mm -hmm. say, what if they played the Jags the week of the bye and then had the week of the bye afterwards oh <laughs> man blow my mind, mind mind blown okay um anyway at dolphins last game so this is the one we always get into this time of year the bills and the dolphins mm -hmm. you know the bills have to go to south florida and play they're not accustomed to it the dolphins are conditioned for that kind of the weather and then obviously the reverse happens the dolphins are not accustomed to playing up north obviously uh last year the bills did have some some snow impacts on games this one at the dolphins beginning of the month of December bills as you know, the fans always, you know, the media making a big deal about the weather, the dolphins say, tell you what, we'll help you out. We'll play this game. Not at sun life stadium, whatever the F it's called. Um, we're going to play it indoors. We're going to play it down at the local rec center. And they're just going to play a football game, full tackle football game, regular NFL rules on an admittedly shorter field. Again, so not basketball or ulama. Regular <laughs> football, yeah. So it's gonna well no. So the the field is it's gonna be regular rules except for the fact that your end zones are only gonna be about thirty yards apart. We're yeah. gonna play on not it's not gonna be a single basketball court. But you know at the rec center they have like the double basketball courts oh. like right next to each other. So they're gonna play they're gonna play there. So you have that width of space. So it's a little like an arena football game, but even more constricted. Um, so I think. It'll be interesting to see how you guys uh, handle this one. Is the, hoop, of, is the hoop in play? The hoop is still there. They weren't able to get the hoop out. This so was kind, kind of a like last second. Football fields were like that. The goalpost used to be in, up in the middle there. of the thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. The hoop is in play. Well, Paul, um, you're free to go first on this sure, one. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm gonna. I have a surprise pick on this one. I think the Bills lose, and I think the Dolphins lose. And the winner, the Washington Valor. <gasps> I think spoiler alert. Oh my god, that's wow. the Valor's music. <laughs> yes. They're gonna hear they're they're gonna cash in their money in the bank. They're oh gonna, no. <laughs> they're gonna realize this is their big chance to win an NFL game. Because once you've won the arena league, that's the thing. You get your money in the bank briefcase, right? And you get to go and choose the game of your choice, pop in, and then try oh, to win that game. It's kind of like well, the premier. Paul league letting out a promoted. treacherous amount of wrestling knowledge into the <laughs> podcast. You sort of <laughs> Someone he's who watched, it, he's feeling everybody out to see yep. if they watch wrestling. Someone who watched <laughs> Raw two weeks ago and now thinks he knows everything. That yep. is that is exactly what I'm doing. So I think this is what's that's exactly what's going to happen. And I think they're Whoa. they're going to pick this game because of the confined spaces element of it. And I think they will push the record to five and ten, including playoffs with their two playoff wins, <laughs> uh, and then the win over the. Bills and Dolphins are just going to be totally floored to see a third team come on the field. Wait, so then is it a loser leaves town match and then the, the Valor starts playing regular NFL games and then either the Dolphins or the Bills gets relegated to the That's arena? That's a league? good question. I've got to look at the Money in the Bank contract a little more closely, <laughs> having just invented this scenario about a minute and a half ago. 
So I'm going to I will I will simmer on that while Frank comes up with his. Can we get a contracts lawyer in here. Is there a contracts lawyer? Yes, no, no contracts lawyer. Sadly, that I'm aware yeah. of. Yeah. Um, this is this is all you know, and not that we're allowed to request, but if there were some sort of WWE rules, wacky schedule week. Oh, I I, <laughs> I I think I think we could do a whole podcast on that one game. Um, <laughs> uh, I find myself just just to just to follow up with Paul really quickly. Uh, I find myself accidentally tuning not like tuning into like ten minutes of Raw right. every it's now like and then. Accidentally tuning into porn. Yeah, you, you don't accidentally do it. You swift or like this is not a bad option. I'm going to go. I see this. it and I go, "What's going on with wrestling these days?" And yeah. I watch it for ten or fifteen minutes, and I will say that women's wrestling. It, we might have talked about this because Glow is a great show, um, but women's wrestling is excellent. And men's wrestling to me now, and, and not in a not in a purient way. Like it's just it's just like the quality is excellent now. Um, and men's wrestling, everybody looks the same. Everybody looks like Aquaman and Justice League fighting each other, <laughs> and it's just that's not fun to me. Um, but anyway, back to the game. Um, yeah, this is a tricky this is a tricky thing. It makes me feel like gym class where you would be reined in and you couldn't go outside, and they would just be like, all right, we're gonna play. We used to play on our knees in the wrestling room. You'd get on your knees and you couldn't really run. You'd have to like waddle on your knees and play football, um, which was an interesting way to do it. Uh, but this is a little different. Um, I don't. I, I don't know what to make of this. I like. I like your valor idea. Uh, I think that the. I'd like. To, I'd like to think that the game turns on a bad throw that hits the backboard and is <laughs> deflected in return for an interception touchdown. It's more um, likely that Josh Allen's going to do that than anybody. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, here's what I think. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll land on this. I think the Bills win this game because I think that the Dolphins fans, you can't fit nearly as many of them. In. No, you know what? The Dolphins win. Because the Dolphins don't have a ton of fans that come to these games. But they would all fit in a basketball arena. And so they would come for the air conditioning and they would be extra loud because it's contained now. And I think the Bills really struggle with their play calling because they can't hear each other. And they have to take those timeouts because they can't hear anything. And we all talk about the 12th man and how great they are. But really it's like 15,000 maybe. Not even. I mean, let's say seven. Maybe it's a, if it's a rec center gym. Maybe it's like three thousand, you know, Dolphins fans. No, uh, no. I mean, I'm thinking this is like a real like rec center gym where it's like there's barely see, enough. There's like fifty football players in the room, and maybe you get like school bleachers for like okay. another for like another so like five hundred people. Like maybe yeah. we could be okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I think that it it will make a difference. They'll be loud. The refs will be intimidated by the crowd. They'll start calling for things for the Dolphins. Um, and we will get the deflection uh, pass. I think Nathan Peterman will hit the backboard. It'll get picked off and return for a touchdown. Uh, and the Dolphins will win this game, you know, twenty-four to twenty-four to twenty. We'll say that it's you know close otherwise. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely going to be you know in terms of again tune in or not. Uh, I think everyone's tuning in for the Aztec game. Certainly, this game. I'm not sure. I'm watching this one. This okay. seems like. I don't think there's going to be a lot of completed passes. Always good when the schedule maker is like, I don't know if I'd watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not Sorry, sure go I'm going to watch. I'm not sure I'm going to watch the regular Bills Dolphins game on December. Fair. December Fair. 2nd. Fair. <laughs> We're here in Miami where the one and eleven Bills are playing the zero and twelve Dolphins. Um, 
the so it's gonna be again i there's not gonna be a lot of room to run because that's that's shorter than a that's less wide than a regulation football field you're not gonna have it's gonna be like playing in the red zone because there's not enough room to throw the ball. So everyone's going to be running these real short routes. All the receivers, all the DBs can just kind of play zone. Um, you know, the, the D line is going to be going nuts. They're going to be moving real fast. You're going to be playing on sneakers. I feel like that's mm -hmm. definitely a benefit for the D line because they're going to be, you know, coming at these QBs like headhunters. Um, it's going to be real choppy. There's going to be guys kind of like old people just kind of like walking onto the court and just kind of looking around and then. The ref's gonna have to stop the game. Be like, no, you know, aqua aqua service or whatever is on Tuesdays at two. You're you're in the wrong place, Grandpa. <laughs> you know, there's gonna be a kids' basketball game. Is gonna Where's show the up pickleball? Right? <laughs> you know, it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of those kind of stops. Um, you're gonna have to get the guys out there to mop up the floor like in an NBA game every five, probably every after every play. Frankly, um, mm -hmm. it's gonna be pretty dangerous. So not a, not a fun game to watch. Um, I didn't really think about how they're going to do field goals, um, but that's an interesting <laughs> Maybe I didn't think this through. Um, but anyway, I'm going to say the Bills, I, I mean, this might be like a, this might be a safety kind of game. Okay. I, I think this is going to be like, I'm going to say this is going to be like eight to six Dolphins. Like literally it's going to be seven. <laughs> I think that's what's going to happen. The shallow end zones is another thing. Like, it's yeah. probably not the yeah. end, right? So, yeah. 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 Again, the run game is going to be clear crucial here. I'm just not sure you're, you're going to, it's going to turn into like an old school uh, rugby game where you're literally okay. just, everyone just kind of is, gets into a big scrum. And you just try and push, 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 push the other guys out of the way and hope you get 10 yards, which again is going to get you about halfway down the field. So that's wacky schedule. And and I do have some ideas already um, for Bravo. the last. So I'm, I'm Bravo, right. sir. Join us next week for the finale of Wacky Schedule. And now I'm upset that I didn't think of how the shallow end zone would affect things because in the Arena League that could be a problem for the Valor. So we're gonna have to. I might have to reassess that offline. But yeah, no. Well, it's too late to change your pick now. I mean, it's yep. locked no, in. I, it's locked <laughs> in. It's, it's in the it's in the computer now. We can't undo it. So right, it cannot be changed. So uh, this day we're gonna you know we're gonna brand it today only is this day in Bill's headlines. Uh, though I will admit I was impressed when my wife saw my printout of notes for today's uh, agenda, and she took a look at it, and she's like, this is all this. She saw the T-D-I-B-H, and she was like, this is all this day in Bill's history. I'm like, you knew the acronym. I was so thrilled. <laughs> but today only, it's this day in Bill's headlines, because they're all preseason headlines uh, that went down. Uh, so, you know, mm. so Scott won't have to worry about coming up with a, a, you know more creative correct answer so when i mention bill's receiver whatever he doesn't have to say that would be united states navy admiral donald s jones born in madison wisconsin uh who is known for one of the first ever pilots of helicopter 66 and then hilariously he'd be right because the answer would be donald jones the bill's receiver and he'd be he'd be he'd be correct because that's how scott works yep. but we're gonna make this a little contest i'm going to race through we're gonna do it quickly uh, a Bills headline, and I'm going to leave out the name of the player or Bills personnel, and whoever jumps in with the correct answer. Uh, or a good answer. Or a good answer. We're going to deem the winner for that round, and I will, you know what? We're going to have some fun with this. I'm going to 
Uh, I'm going to have a little column here called Frank, and I'll have another one called Scott, and I will tally whichever one of you gets in first with each of these answers. So here we go. August 8th, 2017. McDermott on Bill's signing of this player. Good addition for our team and organization. Uh, 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 Ron Weasley. So close. Um, EJ Gaines. Oh, no. The correct answer, Anquan Bolden. Oh, yeah. Right. I knew I, that's what I was thinking. It was one of those guys that we brought in and they didn't make the team. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is a, a slightly tougher one. 2016, Buffalo Bills re-sign this linebacker after Reggie Ragland injury. Um, uh, Sean Merriman. Moses Malone. Both correct, but also Brandon Spikes. Ah, yes. That figures. All right. Okay. We'll get someone's getting on the board soon. I All guess. right, we're, no. we're going to do it here. Here, here we, we go. go. 2015. Pl uh, player says he's a changed man and grateful to resume NFL career. What year is this? 2015. 2015. Changed man. Happy to be back. Um, William Jennings Bryan. Yeah, that's probably who it is. It or, is. Yeah, I'm yep. gonna go with uh, De uh Devin Nunes. Yes, <laughs> Devin Devin Nunez, Richie Incognito, William Jennings Bryan. Ah. Correct answer. Why are we so bad at this? That's like I the know. obvious, most obvious answer. I, I oh. give up. Yeah, no, these are all terrible ones. We should have all gotten all of these. <laughs> all right, twenty fourteen. The uh, Bills and Panthers played a preseason game, and yes. uh, Bills cornerback Bills cornerback Stephon Gilmore struggled a bit. Correct. So true is correct. Um, so here is the headline: Bills outlast Panthers for first preseason win. This Panthers receiver's touchdown against Stephon Gilmore shows cornerbacks rust. Oh, Kelvin, oh, Kelvin Benjamin. Benjamin! Oh, Frank jumps in with Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, I said yeah, that at the like, same time. I mm, I. I think okay. based on how poorly we've done so far, we have to split that point. Okay. All right. We're going to give you one each. I'm going to give you a full point each because, frankly, you both need it. All yes. right. I'm not optimistic <laughs> about this next one. 2013, Buffalo Bills kicker hitting the mark. Um, Hints. Because never, never, never kicked a day for the Bills in his career. Okay. So I'm not sorry. Dan Carpenter. Or Hauschka. He is a Pro Bowl kicker. Uh, Chip Low Miller. <laughs> um, right team, Scott or uh, Frank. Oh, uh, there you go. There's a clue. Oh, of course. Thanks. You just remember who Chip Low Miller played for. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Uh, he played several miles from your house. Uh, okay. Um, Jimmy Washington. <laughs> exactly. Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder. Yes. Dustin Hopkins. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, all right. This one I'm going to have to give a severe hint for based on our success so far. <laughs> we'll get this one. 2012, Buffalo Bills linebacker making quite an impression at camp. One might say you don't want to cross him. <laughs> oh, Arthur Motes. <laughs> no, Arthur Motes. There, all right. That's well, the, that no, one gets, no one gets points anyway. for that. <laughs> all right, fine. All right. So we're still at 1-1. 2011, Buffalo Bills, uh, I'll just say player, could be battling for roster spot 
It says, with Nick Barnett, Chris Kelsey, Sean Merriman, and Andre Davis, the likely stars, and Andre Motes, Arthur Motes, Kelvin Shepard, and Reggie Torbor tabbed as backups, this outside linebacker could be fighting to stay on the team. Uh, Dipshit McGee. No, wait, what was Who's the guy? Who's the guy? Aaron Maven. I'm going to say Aaron, Aaron Maven. Maven. Oh, Frank chips yeah. in with Aaron Maven. Ah. Well done, Frank. All right. Uh, 2010, this now dead Bills uh, former coach I had to get there. Turned to the Buffalo Bills, former positional coach, I should specify. Um, I don't want to joke because he's dead. I don't have a good answer. Um, Special teams. Margo Kidder. Margo Kidder. Actually, Linda Carter. Mm. No, no, Linda so. Carter's alive. Don't I know. Bruce DeHaven. Melissa Benoit. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, man. This is getting dark. All right. 2009, uh, these two Bills uh, members are inducted into the Hall of Fame. Chris Berman gives one of the speeches. Ted Cottrell gives the other. Uh, Jim Kelly. Bruce, yeah, and Bruce Smith. And Bruce Smith. We got one of them. Bruce Smith is one. The Andre other one, Reed. It was Ralph Wilson. Ralph Wilson. Uh, All right, we're giving it three to two, Frank, at this point, because you both jumped in with correct answers. No, I, I did not. Give it to him. All right, two correct. to two. All right, 2008, uh, this uh, Bill is grateful for action. He says, it's a lot of fun knowing that I could just come out and play football, not worry about the things behind the scenes. I'm enthused about the upcoming opportunity, and I'm going to try to take advantage of it. Uh, well, the person who played the same position as him and was drafted in the first round, uh, the headline was, his actions cause excitement. So name either of these Bills who play the same position in 2008. One was a first-round draft pick. The other was just happy to be there. 2007 NFL draft. No. Um, <laughs> Don't. That's cheap. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch and yeah. Fred Jackson. Oh, Frank gets them both. Wow. Marshawn and I, kinda, I, I had to get there, and I'm like, who were we drafting? And it was stupid. It was running backs. and <laughs> <laughs> Who are we wasting picks on that year? Oh, All right. right. This is this is five bonus wow. points. I decide to award for whoever gets this one. Oh, well, then the whole game didn't matter to this point. Thanks, <laughs> no. Paul. That's it, it hasn't really mattered much to begin with. <laughs> All right, 2007. <laughs> this Bills defensive end pleads not guilty after a confrontation arrest. The uh, the sub headline charged with harassment, resisting arrest, and criminal mischief after an altercation outside oh, Rochester's oh, venue yes. nightclub at 151 St. Paul Street. He argued with a bouncer. Uh, he shoved an officer in the face and broke his glasses. He was eventually fined $300 and performed 200 hours of community service. I think I know who it is. Go ahead, Paul or Scott. Um, O.J. Simpson. Anthony Hargrove. Oh, wow. Frank gets well huge done. bonus points for this. That was a, that was okay. a Rochester thing, and then that's where I'm from. So I, yeah. I paid particular. Uh, I was like, I've yeah. been to that club. How could you get that drunk at that club? <laughs> All right. Now, Scott, you're not out of it. because well, this. How many more of these are there? We're, this is I'm, great. I'm having fun. This is tremendous. Yeah. We should do this every week. But I, at this I, point, this is how I'm... I spend my lunch hour, so we're doing the whole damn thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. All right. 2006. This is worth 10 bonus points because it's pretty impossible <laughs> based on what I've seen so far. Jake Geron says cutting this linebacker was a tough decision. Uh, what London year Fletcher, again? London Fletcher Becker. 2006. London Fletcher. Takeo Spikes. Jeff Ring Around the Posey. Oh, uh, Jeff Posey. Jeff Posey. All, All right. right. Who cares? 
All right, here we go. This one's a, this one's a gettable one. We'll give it five bonus points. Uh, Bill's player slowly accepting switch to safety. Oh, um, uh, George, George Wilson. Wilson. Oh, God, that was a great guess for both of you. But it was actually Troy Vincent. Oh, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah. All right, this is a Scott-only question for 2005 for just a <laughs> bonus point. Also on headlines that day, this Wisconsin player trying to beat the odds. <clears throat> um, Lee Evans? Uh, Jim Leonard. Oh, fuck. Yeah, well, Lee Evans wasn't really trying to beat the odds because he was well, a first-round pick. Leonard was a nobody. But at that point, yeah, I don't know who was, on the, who was the other receivers at that point or who was on the team. Yes, no, I do. Yeah, that, that would make more sense. Right. And uh, I'm, I should probably just stop playing now given I have a Jim Leonard Wisconsin jersey. I should really probably stop playing. <laughs> That's, a, that's okay. There was also a headline that day, Chris Kelsey among elite in draft class. That's, yeah. that's, that's hilarious. Whoops. All right. Uh, four to go, guys. You can do this. 2004, <laughs> Donahoe Bills finally get first glimpse of rehabbed blank. Mike Williams? Good guess, but no. Frank? J.P. Lossman. Willis McGahee. Oh, the other uh, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to bother with this one. Right, no, you know come yes. on, do it. Okay. Yeah. Rookie Bills receiver catching on, 2002. Eric Moulds. No, no, damn uh, it. He's ending his career Evans. in 2002. It's got to be Evans, right? It is Peerless Josh, Price. Josh Reed. Uh, Josh Reed is, yeah. All right. Now, these are these are all worth 20. No, this one's worth worth five points. The two after this are worth 20, because if you get the two after this, I will die. Um, 2001. Well, I'm going to feel bad if I get them. This player dislikes SI's illustration of him. Almost from the time he arrived in Buffalo, he's been fighting an unflattering image that he is nothing more than a California pretty boy masquerading as a quarterback. Drew Bledsoe? He's from Washington, right? Yeah, he played in Washington. I wasn't sure if he was from there. Um, so then... Well, 2001. Was... Rob Johnson. Yeah, there you go. Three there and 13 seasons. So, Scott, back on the yeah. board. <laughs> All right, these two, near impossible, but we'll go for it. Uh, unflashy, now dead Bill's safety, emerges as front runner for Bill's free safety job. He died in 2016. He ended up playing four or five years and then went to Atlanta, I believe, after that. We almost certainly talked about him then if he died in we 2016. Yep, he was podcast discussed. He was on an agenda. Mac Yoho. <laughs> it was yeah. his daughter, actually. Oh. Uh, no, I don't know. I got nothing. All right. Uh, Keon Carpenter. Keon Carpenter. Uh, okay. All right. And the last one, and uh, this was obviously a great use of my lunch hour today. This is uh, great. Yeah. This is super fun. Yes. All right, here we go. 1999, this player takes another step to stardom. I want to be in the same situation where we can rest Bruce and we will still play winning football. I'm starting to see the gray hairs coming out of Bruce nost Bruce's nostrils, so it's almost my turn. But it's not there yet. I have to wait until the full beard turns gray. 1999. Oh, um, Aaron Schobel? Yeah, that's what I was going to guess. Ooh, it was actually now ESPN commentator Marcellus, Marcellus Wiley. Wiley. Marcellus Wiley, yes. So oh, that was uh, this day something Aaron Trouble would say, but yeah, yeah I couldn't think of anybody else. This is uh, this day in Bill's headlines, August eighth, every year from twenty seventeen to nineteen ninety nine. 
except uh, 2002 because it was the most impressive headline was really depressing. So I just skipped it entirely. That was a lot of work, but honestly, that was a lot of fun. And I yep. would, I would want to do that again. Yeah, we're gonna, this is what I plan to do for the preseason ones because we're not going to have any real significant game to analyze uh, for any of these. I mean, sure. some of it, there might be an entertaining headline like, uh, you know, Tim Tindale proves his future, future of Bill's running backs based on his performance in game. But most of the games tend to be pretty dry. So, so I think uh, if it plays well, maybe we got to stick with it. All right. I can, if it works out in the preseason, we'll, we'll put it on during the, uh, the regular season. And thank you to, uh, the folks at two bills drive who also keep a great repository for me to go through and help dig up some of these headlines. Let's drive. One of the original, really. I mean, that was. Yeah, I mean, a good way. This site went all the way back to '99 when I'm when I'm finding Marcellus Wiley headlines. I have a question. Do you guys think we're one of the longest running podcasts at this point? I'd say we'd have to be. Uh, we were certainly at the begin. Like, we're certainly at the in before the wave crested. I think. Yeah. But I mean, there were guys kicking around. I know and Bills and Beers, I think, has been around slightly longer than us. Mm -hmm. which, by the way, I will get to be watching a game with them. I'll tell you more about that later. Um, oh, good. Yeah, I want to hear about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's see. 20, I've got I've to gotta look at their repository. but <clears throat> We can look that up later. I just, yes. It was a thought I had. I just Because I'm about to give all the information because we haven't had to do that in a while. All right. And now yeah. that we're recording right. on Hangouts, i got to let everyone know. Facebook.com backslash bbillsmny. bbillsmny on Twitter bbillsmny at gmail.com. Uh, you can find our podcast, anchor.fm backslash bbillsmny, uh, and wherever I link this, because <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm going to go through the effort to find these podcasts and bring them over and do something mm -hmm. with them. We'll see. Um, but I don't know. Like, But well, that's where they are now. You can also go to bbillsmny.wordpress.com, which is still there and holds, hosts our older podcasts. Um, the archive, the archive, if you will. <laughs> yes. Um, but we, uh, we have a lot of fun doing this and I, I can't think of anything else that I usually say right now, other than please listen, please get your friends to listen. Let us know what you think. Um, and thank you so much for listening. This has been a lot of fun. Did you guys have fun? It was mm -hmm. a great time. Yep. And yeah, bills, bills, 24 Panthers, 21. Oh, right. Yeah. Bills of 5,000 Panthers, 3,000 bills, three Panthers, two. Perfect. All right. Cam Newton gets angry. We didn't even talk about how he's angry at Calvin Benjamin. And I think maybe as we get closer to the start of the season, we'll have a, a, a bigger conversation about LaShawn McCoy. But that's still a lot of stuff to parse through. And I'm yeah. not ready to do that yet. <laughs> um, but until next time, thank you so much for listening, everyone. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night. <laughs>